0: So show me a smile there, and don't be unhappy. can remember when I last saw you laughing. If this world makes you crazy and you take it all you can bear, you call me up because you know I'll be there, and i see you.
1: I love that song there's something about Cindy's voice and those lyrics that are just timeless right I have a good friend and he always says to me a good song is better than any marketing in the world and he works in advertising and he always says that because he's also in a band and his music means more to him than anything else now I want to talk to you guys right now it's six o'clock in the morning in New York City It's raining out and it's a Friday. And I had an incredible evening last night and I wake up and I was just reading Pinside and there's all this negative stuff being said about Canada's Pinball Podcast and all these people saying, you know, things about me. And I just want to address it because I I think it's important because, you know, I can't defend myself. And that's something that's very interesting when you think about it, right? I am banned by the world's number one pinball forum. How ironic is just that, right? The number one pinball podcast in the world, which is this one, which you guys voted on, is banned from even representing himself on the number one forum. Now look, there is a lot of personal vitriol that gets spewed on Pinside. And I don't have any personal angst against anybody on there. I don't know really anyone on there I I don't know them right I don't I don't know Crazy Levy very well I've seen him a few times at a bar in New York City he seems like a really good guy and I think he is a really good guy I don't know Doug Iceman you know down in Texas he seems really passionate about pinball and that's cool right I mean I, I don't really know Hilton I don't know these people right and so I know one thing about all of them that they care a lot about pinball and, and that's like the, the common denominator that connects all of us, right? And so because I know that, I know that there's going to be a lot of opinions and things said about me. Now, what, what I want you guys to do is this. I'm banned from Pinside. Do you know why I'm banned from, from Pinside? It, it's funny because people say, like I saw Iceman say this, go back and look at the history of Canada. Go back and, and, and you'll understand why. And and I think what's funny about that is if you go back and you read my post and you read what I've said and you read why I was banned, you won't really find anything truly incriminating. You won't. And, and that's the ultimate hypocrisy of it all. And it's what led to the creation of this podcast. And I think better things have come. And this is true. Better things have come from me leaving the site unwillingly and being forced to have this podcast be the only way I can talk to you about pinball okay and it's good like I think you've benefited I think I've benefited I don't think hyper posting on pin benefits anybody very well but here's what's really funny is the hyper posters on side the people who care the most, who have the most to say about pinball, there's one place they won't say it, and that's on this show. And, and, and I've extended the invite to Doug, aka Iceman. I've extended the invite to Crazy Levy. I've extended the invite to Hilton. And they won't come on the show. Now look, most people who talk a lot about pinball, have no problem coming on this show, all right? And yes, I get it. There are gonna be certain industry people that will avoid this show. And let me tell you right now, it is a mistake to avoid the show if you're trying to sell your game. There's there absolutely no benefit to you to avoid coming on this show. And you, for you who, who listen to this show, 290 plus episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast, Look at every interview. Look how good every company, every person, and every product that is talked about on this show, look how good it comes across, right? P3 comes across great when Jerry comes on and talks about it, right? Christopher Ranchi comes on and talks about his games. They look great. Zombie they look great. Now, look, if they don't want to come on the show, that's their prerogative. I, I don't lose sleep over it. That's another thing that I just want to say to you guys because it's early in the morning and I'm going to tell you how I truly feel. I don't care if pinball people in the manufacturing and the pinball companies don't come on this show. I don't care. I don't care. It's not that I don't respect these gentlemen. I respect them tremendously. But if they don't want to come on the show, that's on them. It's not. I'm not losing sleep over it. I don't care. They can go do... Every other pinball podcast out there. You can hear them interviewed by every other pinball podcast out there. But this pinball podcast doesn't exist to only do interviews. And here's the thing. Remove interviews from the other pinball podcasts that are out there. Remove them. Do you even do they even exist then? Can they even survive? But why are you listening right now to me? Talk about pinball. Why? I, I think I know why. And I'll take a guess because I think this podcast tries to talk about the industry and the hobby differently. And I think I try to approach it differently. And it's not just about entertainment. If it was only entertainment, this show's not the funniest all the time, right? I even, I took down my last podcast because I didn't find it that funny. I was trying to make it funny. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about Jersey Jack on this podcast because I think what I said is very important and I'm gonna say it a little bit differently. But before I get there, I, I, I just, I, I love the fact that so many people try to get to me, try to attack me. But here's the thing I'm here to tell you right now, the listener, this show's not going away. This show's not changing. This show's not holding punches. But I do want to address a few things directly. Because I saw this posted when Iceman's boasting about playing his alien pinball machine, which he thinks is great, and he's blaming me for. Highway Pinball going under. And everyone would have their Alien Pinball machine if it wasn't for Canada. All right, let me let me talk about that for a few seconds or minutes, right? Hold on. How did I destroy Highway Pinball? Did I make decisions for that company? Did I do anything to lose you your money? All I did was when that individual Andrew Highway was convincing you everything was fine with his company I said, you should look twice. You should look at the videos, the photos, everything that he's done. And you should really ask yourself, should I be investing in this company? Because there's a good chance you might lose your money. And guess what? If you listen to me, you saved your money. And if you didn't, you lost your money at that later stage, right? I'm talking about the last year, right? If you go back and listen to my alien day podcast. It was really the last year of Highway Pinball where the most nefarious things were being said by that company. Remember when they put up the video of of the assembly line, guys wearing winter hats with screwdrivers? It was all staged to make you believe everything was fine. But look, it's gone. The company's gone. Andrew's gone. Those things are gone. But I told you that they were in trouble. And you know who told you, Kim Mitchell? Other people were trying to tell you things, all right? Same thing with Dutch pinball. But I don't want to, you guys know all this. But it's crazy to me that some people really blame me for how these companies collapsed. Did I make any of their business decisions for them? Should I have shut up, all right? Okay, now, let me talk about Jersey Jack, all right, And you're going to get, this. Is again, it's early in the morning. I'm just going to talk candidly to you. Like no other pinball podcast can do a podcast like this because they won't. Because they want to get Jersey Jack on the show. But here's the deal. I don't want to get Jersey Jack on the show. He's invited on the show at any point. Eric is invited on the show at any point. Keith is invited on the show at any point. But if they don't want to do the show, I don't care. Because I want to tell you how I really feel. And then they're going to listen and they're not going to want to do the show. Here, and here's the crazy thing is people always tell me this. You know, Crazy Levy told me this. I can't do your show now because it would offend Tim who you threw a drink in his face. Okay, that's cool. But like Keith not wanting to do the show or Eric or Jack, do they not want to do the show? Because if they do the show, does it validate the show? That's, that's the only reason they won't come on because it validates this show. Here's the crazy thing, they don't, this show doesn't need validation. You know who validates this show every week? You do. You, listening to this, validates that this is the world's number one pinball podcast. You validate it. And it's not about listeners, it's not about this, it's not about, it's the fact that there's one pinball podcast that matters the most. And uh, look, and this is not me saying it, it's you saying it. You're saying it in the pin side thread. You say it by listening every week. Okay, let me get back. So Jersey Jack, they're invited on, all of them. And I, I literally, I took down the last episode. It wasn't that great, but I'm going to summarize it for you now if you didn't hear it. Jersey Jack Pinball is on their fourth game. And you know the, my feelings around Pirates, okay? I just think it's too complex, I think it's too hard for people to figure out. But I still think people are enjoying it and they're having fun. But that's not my issue with Pirates right now. My issue with Jersey Jack Pinball is they are on game number four. This is in game number one. And they are charging a premium price for pinball. The collector's edition is $12,500. That is a very expensive pinball product. They are shipping this game to customers with just really mind-boggling, like, problems. Okay, number one, they don't drill the holes for the topper in your game. So you have to, after buying a $12,500 game from Jersey Jack Pinball, you have to drill your own holes on the top of the machine. What do you think of that? You think that's a good decision? All right. They also shipped Richie Wrench, who's the number one collector's edition guy. Number one by far. This guy is like, he's obsessed with collector's edition games from Jersey Jack. They ship him his game with a pop bumper cap missing. Okay. All that really says to me is, well, who's looking over these games? Like These, these premium edition games, there's only 250 collector's editions. That How do you make that mistake? Another gentleman who bought a collector's edition, he received his game with no levelers for his legs. So he can't set up his game. It's a Christmas gift. He can't set it up. He can't level the game properly because there's no leg levelers. Literally a $5 part that is necessary for him to play his $12,500 machine isn't included in the box. And I know, look, mistakes are made. But at this stage in the game, those kinds of mistakes, to me, are indicative that Jersey Jack is probably rushing these games out the door. And and that's a problem. And and, and look, I, I, I if me saying that means they're not going to come on this show, then I don't give a shit. I, I, I'd rather them not come on the show. So I can tell you what a fucking joke it is that on Game 4, Jersey Jack is making people drill holes to, to put their topper on, on top of the collector's edition. If you have a Stern game and, and, and you don't have to drill your own holes, do you? You don't have to like figure out where the topper goes. You don't have to center it properly. The company does it for you. The company gives you instructions. And I, I give Stern a lot of shit. And, and I am not a Stern shill fanboy on any level. In fact, I'm about to do a whole podcast about what Zach Sharp said about pinball fun equaling value. I mean, this show is going to be great when I do it. And I, and, I, and I asked Zach to come on the show, and Zach declined. But he did send me a statement about what he means when he says that fun equals value in pinball. And, and it's going to be a good show, and you're going to have to wait for it and see what I'm going to say. All right? But we're on game four with Jersey Jack. And as I said to... I want Jersey Jack pinball to succeed more than anybody. Anybody. And I think Jack has the potential to make the greatest pinball games of all time. And we're not there yet. Okay, and, and look, Pirates of the Caribbean, I, I see this on Pinside. People are like, Canada's butt hurt because the game's actually phenomenal. And I want to talk about that for a second. For you people out there, Saying that Pirates of the Caribbean is phenomenal. Here's what I want to say to you: Great! I'm happy you enjoy Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm happy you think it's phenomenal. I want you to have fun with the game and think it's great if you buy it. That's 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 always going to be my sentiment on all pinball machines. I don't think you're a dope or an idiot for buying Pirates of the Caribbean. My issue with Pirates of the Caribbean is quite simply, and I'm not going to rehash this a lot. I just think the game is too complex. It's too confusing. It requires a manual to understand, all right? So that's one thing. The other thing, I think the ship rocking constantly makes no sense. I think the way the ball falls off the right side of that upper play field is terrible design, terrible it, it is such a want, want like moment in that game that I don't understand. All right. You, you, you like that? You enjoy that? Does anyone enjoy the ball just trickling off the side of the upper playfield like that? So I, I just think it's wonky design. All right. I also like don't want to slap the lockdown bar button to collect gold. I don't find that fun. Mateys. Sorry. Sorry. That's just my opinion. Um, I think the music's incredible. Right? I think the light show is incredible. I think the artwork is alright. I don't think it's as good as Franchi would have done it, but it looks like Franchi, but it's not. It's like drawn over photography. Nothing to write home about with the artwork. The spinning discs and the treasure chest. Here's my, my overall assessment is the game looks phenomenal. It looks phenomenal. You walk up to Pirates and the game looks phenomenal. All right. Then you play the game and it's whatever. You know, it you either like it or you don't. But here's my thing. All the stuff I'm seeing, you tell me what's the magical thing that happens in that game? Like what is the one magical thing in Pirates of the Caribbean? And I will never do another show again. The ball does nothing magical. It's a pirate game. It's a fucking pirate game. All right, the cannon shot which I don't really even know how to do or load and 99% of people who walk up to that game will never even experience a cannon shot that and that's great design you made a game about a pirate theme and for 99% of people who walk up to it they will never experience shooting a pinball out of a pirate cannon and that's to me that that just says it all. If I have to summarize this podcast how terrible you guys think it is and Canada won't shut up. Let me like literally, how do you sit in a room at Jersey Jack Pinball and you tell me you're designed for a Pirates pinball machine and you're telling me that most people who step up to this game will never experience shooting the ball out of a pirate cannon. But it's going to be in there. But we're going to bury it inside some upper play field. You have to hit the targets or the the spinners. Like no one really knows, right? And sure, even when you do know, is it intuitive? Is it for anyone who walks up to that machine? There's a fucking cannon in ACDC, right? That is so much easier to understand how to fire it. And if you play ACDC and don't even know what the fuck you're doing, chances are you will fucking fire the cannon. And that is, that is like the reason why I want to walk into Jersey Jack Pinball and just start like strangling people over there because why would they design a pirate game that doesn't allow you to experience the fun of being a pirate intuitively and easily, okay? That, that's my issue, It's bad design, and it's because there is no leader over there who understands what makes pinball great. I'm going to pause and let you absorb that. That Jack doesn't know how to stand over his team and say, what the fuck is this? Change this. I want a pirate cannon to shoot a ball a la... The fucking milk can shot in Houdini. And Jack should have been adamant with his team. Here's what we need to make this better, simpler, funner. All right? These people wake up every day and they drive their cars to go to a company to make a pinball machine. And I'm telling you right now, If I got in my Dodge Demon and drove to fucking Jersey Jack every morning, that you would have a better game. I'll tell you why. Because I could give them ideas that would make those products better. And I'm not saying this to brag. I just think it's common sense. And I think most of you, most of you who listen to this show, could do the same. That you would have have approached it differently. That there is a, a very simple thing that should be in every pinball game that would make it worth owning. And that's my point. That's always been my point, ladies and gentlemen. I don't ever want to buy a Pirates of the Caribbean pinball machine because I don't think there's anything in it physically that is amazing. That is a wow thing. Yeah, it's got good music. It's got good code. It's got good lights. It's, everything is coding. It's all software. When the fuck did this analog toy that is supposed to be about magical shit happening physically on the play field, when the fuck did it become about software? Seriously. When the fuck did that happen? And when that happened, you all got fucked. This whole hobby got fucked because people got lazy with the physical world under glass. They got fucking lazy. And they rely on LCD screens and software. Fuck. It, it like literally. It, it is the thing that is destroying the hobby. Is the reliance on software and screens. It's the same thing in the auto industry. It's like electric cars. Yeah, they're faster. Yeah, instant torque. Fucking boring. Go drive a Tesla. And then come... Strap yourself into the demon and see which one is more fun, is more incredible, is more exhilarating. And that's what it comes down to with pinball. The exhilaration happens when the physical world is happening underneath you. And, and I look at Pirates and it's not there. It's not there for me. and I Like, am I wrong? Do you really think that Pirates is better designed than Tales of the Arabian Nights or Theater of Magic? literally. Imagine if Keith coded Tales of the Arabian Nights. Imagine if Lyman Sheets coded that game. It would sell for like $50,000. Literally, if Lyman Sheets recoded Tales of the Arabian Nights and said, I only made one version of this game. It's recoded with everything I know how to do. And it would sell for like $50,000. Because it's what you really fucking want. And nobody wants to say that no, but you know, you know, you know. It's it's because here's the thing. It's like all the other pinball podcasts. Because they they need to get these new guys on the show, and they need to say what you, uh, what what they want those people to say, and they won't say that. That I this podcast, Canada's pinball podcast. That I think that most of these modern games are total horseshit, because it's all about software, and 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 the games, you know, not really doing anything magical, and wow. And it's, it's the reason why we're all so excited to see what Deep Root's going to do because at least someone's trying to do something fucking magical and different. And, and that excites you. But ultimately, ultimately, what I don't understand is, is this like this desire to just buy all these games. Like buy, buy, buy. They, they need you to buy. Like there are more manufacturers right now than ever before in pinball, Right. And they need you to buy their products to stay in business. Now, here's the other thing. I'll close the loop on Jersey Jack Pinball. Just very simply. Going to close the loop and then talk again. Because what I do, I, I love to talk, according to Iceman. Here's, here's, the, here's the reality. All right? If everything Jersey Jack was doing was so great, why did they go bankrupt like three times? Bankrupt. Out of money. Done. Boom. And are they even making any money on any of these games? Are they in the green? Do people really want these games? After, look, Jack had Pat Lawler, the greatest pinball designer of all time. It's like having Steven Spielberg or James Cameron's making your next movie. Imagine if James Cameron made a, his next movie and it only grossed like, you know, like like 50 million dollars at the box office when he's normally grossing a billion, right? That is the equivalent of Pat Lawler's dialed in, right? Pat Lawler comes back to pinball after all these years, gives us dialed in. Great shooting game, worst theme ever, head scratcher. Nobody really wants it. Only sells 1,500. Only sells 1,500. Who is to blame for that game? Now look, some of you out there would be like, no one's to blame. The the game is fun. Fuck that. Will you guys wake up? Jack had the greatest designer in the history of pinball. Jack had Pat Lawler with a blank check and let him make whatever he wanted to make. But Jack was in control of what the game would be and we get dialed in. Can can we can can I just like never do another pinball podcast again? Like Literally, like that is the decision that they made to do that, and and is Canada the idiot? Is Canada the bozo? Is Canada the dope? Or is Jack, like re- seriously ridiculous for allowing that to be the theme? And and guess what? It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what 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 you think. Ultimately, the game was a flop, and if you don't think it's a flop that the greatest pinball designer of all time who is the man behind a game that sold 20,000 units. Look, I get it. We'll never get to Adam's Family Volume again, but a good Stern game. How many Ghostbusters do you think Stern sold? How many? Okay. I don't know. I would say that it's in the vicinity of 5 to 7,000 units that you dialed in 1500. Okay? 1500. Stern will sell 1,500 Deadpool's like that. They will sell 1,500 of the Beatles. Dialed in. Look at everything that's in it. It's like it's like this game that you just wanna love so much, and then you're like, "But I don't really want to be doing this. I don't really want to be saving Quantum City." You know, it's like it's like that 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 jawbreaker from Wreck-It Ralph. When I play Dialed In, that's how I feel. Like that jawbreaker. Like. I don't really care about the tornado that's happening right now. And I I really don't want to collect more SIM cards. And I really don't know why there's a guy with his dress shirt tucked into his jeans holding up a cell phone. I I really don't know why I'm here right now. But I guess so. I guess I'll play it. Okay, that's what it's fucking like. Seriously, 15 seconds of Batman blows that game away when you just hear the Batman theme. And and then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking Batman and Robin. I don't have to choose 22 characters from the Batman world. I'm Batman and Robin, and I got to jail the villains. What the fuck are you in Pirates of the Caribbean? What are you? I I, I don't get it. You can choose from good guys and bad guys. How the fuck does that make sense? I walk into Jersey Jack, and I say, there's no cannon shot? I can choose... From good guys and bad guys? 22 of them? What the fuck, guys? What the fuck are you doing? How fucking stupid do you have to be to make these decisions? All right? You get one chance. You know, once a pinball machine is done, it's done. It's in a box. It's 350 pounds. And you can't change it. You can't change it. It's done. And I don't understand how you end up with what they end up with and 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 that's just that's just me now look stern i understand why we end up with where we end up with stern games because stern's not stupid stern understands the principles of business of marketing yes they're trying to make money and they make money on every game they make they don't lose any money and you know whose money they take it's your money you're, it's Guys like Frog, they must have a picture of Frolic up on the wall, and it's just like the Frolic meter. And, and basically, every time they release an LE, it just sells out immediately. The Munsters LE will sell out immediately. Day one, let me tell you something. I guarantee you they are already sold out. If you want to go get a Munsters LE, I bet you won't be able to get one. 500 of them will sell out before the game is even flipped by anyone. And Jack is doing so much more in his games and he can't he can't reach that level of excitement. Why is that? See Stern knows. They're smart. George Gomez is a smart smart man. Right? I I've, I've walked up to George Gomez at a bar in Texas and had a conversation with pinball that I won't share with you people, but he understands business. He understands pinball and he cares a lot about it. And here's the thing. This is not me shilling Stern and and I really want you guys to listen up deeply to this. If Jack cared a lot about pinball, then he would stop making stupid fucking decisions And he keeps making stupid fucking decisions. And maybe if you're friends with Jersey Jack Pinball and the people over there, you should get them to stop making stupid fucking decisions and making a pirate game where you can't shoot the fucking pirate cannon is a dumb fucking decision. Okay? Now, George Gomez, smart man, makes smart decisions. And the smartest decision that George Gomez and Gary Stern ever made was simply this. They decided to make a pinball company that could stay in business, that could make a profit, that could do what they needed to do to stay viable for all of these years that you're enjoying their products. Jersey Jack Pinball should be out of business. The billionaire angel investor is a ridiculous concept. It's fake, It's, it's a fake version of success. Do me a favor, everybody. Google image Jersey Jack Pinball. Google image it right now. You know what you're gonna find? You're going to find something that looks very similar to Andrew Highway. You're going to see Jack in front of machines at his factory with nobody working, with nobody on the line. With n- It's like this. It literally, it's just like a bigger version of Highway Pinball. Jack ran out of money on every single title. Ran out of money. Blew through it all. Yeah, the games, it, this is not about the games. You have to learn how to separate the games from the business decisions, ran out of money, would be gone. Should have been gone before even Hobbit came out. Like gone, like, like literally gone, evaporate. But Gary Stern and George Gomez, they know how to make money. They know how to like design a pinball game, put it in a box, send it to you within a few weeks of you ordering it with a distributor base around the world, and make a profit on every game sold. I, I, look, I know that I knock them at times. Yeah, it's crazy that like these two to three thousand dollar machines are being sold for nine thousand dollars. But they, but they're giving you what you want. Are, are they not? You, yeah. Of course, you probably would like a lot more magic in the games, and so would I. But, but you know, it's like it's like a big but, you know, a big asterisk floating above the pinball fucking world, people. But Stern Pinball will ship you, are you sitting down? Four to five games a year that are new. Inbox. Four to five games a year. Jersey Jack Pinball, with its factory, got you four games in like seven years. In seven years' time, Stern will get you 28 to 30 fucking machines. 30. 30 machines. And they're going to keep going. You know what I'm excited about for 2019? I don't know what Stern's coming out with. Do you? Nobody knows. We already know. Here's what's sad. We already know what Jersey Jack pinball machines will be all the way probably up until, I want to say, 2022. Right? Jack does like a game every 18 fucking months. So we know it's going to be Willy Wonka, Toy Story, and Guns N' Roses. We know that for a fact. And there is going to be nothing other than that coming from them. And that's Jersey Jack Pinball. So cool. Do we even... Think about it like this. Tell me what's coming out from starting in 2020, 2021. Do you know? No, absolutely not. Right? I love that Christopher Franchi, a side note, is sharing his Willy Wonka artwork What a fuck you to Jersey Jack pinball that is. Like, his Willy Wonka artwork is fucking tremendous. It's insane. It's incredible. I love Christopher Franchi. I love the man. I know he's mad at me. Like, I shared some photos. They went out. It's okay, Chris. It's okay. It's okay for you to come back on the show. But his artwork is phenomenal. And his Wonka artwork is fucking killer. Killer. And he's sharing Wonka art on the eve of Jersey Jack Pinball re- releasing Willy Wonka, maybe in March. I love it. I love it. What a fuck! What a great fuck you that is. I love a good fuck you. You know, you, when you're Canadian Pinball Podcast, you love to see other people trolling other companies every once in a while. All right. So Stern does it right. Think about all the other pinball companies that are out there. How many of them are viable? You know, and, and it's, it's funny to me. It's like I hear. I hear like the other pinball podcasts that are like, I don't want to focus on the negativity. He's so negative. He's so down on the. Like, wh- like, what, like, what world do these other podcasters live in where they look at the pinball industry in 2018, 2019, 2017, and they can't like determine that, you know what? The majority of pinball companies out there have failed to deliver. Like, it's not me being negative. Like, literally, I'll I'll try and count on my fingers the companies that have failed to be successful in pinball. Should we do that? All right, number one, company that's failed to be successful. You know what number one is? Jersey Jack Pinball. They They haven't made money. They have not made money. If you getting a game is a sign of that's a successful company, you're wrong. Because guess what? If that investor decides to leave, they're gone tomorrow. Out of money. All right? Jersey Jack, Zidware, Skip B., um, Dutch pinball, highway pinball. We're at five already. Five companies that have never made money in pinball, never made a profit. All right, should we keep going? We're at five. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna have to do it. Number six, P three. There's no way Jerry's made a profit. I it, it, all those years, no way. Um, all right. What else we got? I'm I'm, I'm like missing companies. Chicago Gaming has made money. Chicago Gaming. Stern and spooky. Three companies, only three companies, have been successful in 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 having a viable pinball company. Okay, so you see what I'm saying? The majority, the majority of pinball companies have failed, and yet this podcast is supposed to to cheerlead. Yay! Awesome pinball. You guys are great. New pinball coming out. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't even bring up, like, Team Pinball, the Mafia. They can't even sell fucking one of those games. One. They can't sell fucking one. Like, they literally, have you seen the marketing strategy for this game? I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. They fucking are trying to tell you that there's the Founders Edition. They're, that Like, Joe, I love Joe to death. This is Joe Newhart at Pinball Star. He is marketing the first, like, ten of them as Founders Editions. okay. Are we really considering the people behind the mafia to be a f- founders of anything valuable, right? It's like, it's like if Canada Go scooped up a pile of dirt and said, I found this dirt. You can own the founder's edition of this dirt and it's worth more because I found it. That's, that's how fucking stupid the marketing is behind this game. See, they came to me. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not lying when I say this. I'm the best fucking marketer on the planet. And if you need to fucking, if, if you need proof of that, go Google, go Google vitamin water and smartphone. I got more coverage for that brand than all pinball coverage ever, ever. When it comes to these pinball marketing companies. they never, Stern's a billion impressions, 3,000 news stories about it. Go Google Stern's latest 15 releases. They get like none, all right? Anyway, it's, it's apples to oranges. I get it. I'm, I'm working with more ammo with my clients. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Imagine they came to me. Imagine trying to market the mafia. Imagine if that was your assignment. Hey, can you convince pinball people that this is worth $7,500? Imagine that. And I, I literally, I have the emails. I was like, I, I can't help you. This game is... Four thousand dollars overpriced, and and, and and Joe Newhart, who I love to death, the whole Founders Edition thing. You know what they're trying to say is the Founders Editions should be nine thousand dollars, but you can have it for seventy-five hundred dollars. Are you fucking kidding me? This game is worth seventy-five bucks, seventy-five hundred dollars for this game. Like, how could you buy the Mafia over like any Stern Pro ever? It, it, I, I literally. And so this, happ- this is happening in pinball. So who's saying this stuff? Like, who's like being like, we don't need more pinball. We don't need more pinball companies. We don't need 18 companies. We just need good pinball machines. And we all know deep down inside that these current games aren't anywhere as good as the games we got in the 90s. We all know that. Ed Robertson knows that even though he wants to be like, you're crazy, I, I play the 90s games, Chris, and I get bored quickly. Yeah, Ed, you're bored because you are now a collector. You're bored because you're not playing those games in arcades. That's what Ed doesn't get. It's what nobody at Stern, who I, who's like, Ed, eh, trying to justify. It. You take the games from the 90s and you put modern code in them and they blow the modern games away. I mean, these new games. You put these new games in arcades in the 90s and people are confused. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to shoot for. They don't know what's going on. That's the difference. You give me a Star Trek The Next Generation with modern Lyman Sheets coding and I would just own that one game and be happy for the rest of my life. And you all know it. And that's why you listen to this podcast because I hear people say, he doesn't know pinball. He doesn't know this. He doesn't care. Fuck that. I love pinball. But I don't love these new pinball games compared to those games. I like that stuff better. It's better. But I'll say this. Ed's right. Those games get boring because they were not designed to own. So that is the quagmire. That is the dilemma that this entire hobby is facing right now. Is you want a game from the 90s with a code from... 2018 that's what you want you want lyman sheets and keith to code your favorite game from the 90s some people might say well that's monster bash it's not it's not monster bash does get shallow and does get boring because again those games were meant to have quick fun on in an arcade nobody has figured out a way there isn't a game that you can buy that is the best of both worlds that you can put in your home that has the magic of those games in terms of physical mechs with the magic of coding. And we're, we're, people say we're in a golden era of pinball. I would say we're in a golden era of pinball software. We are in a golden era of pinball coding. We are in a golden era of pinball artwork. But the one place we're not in a golden era of, and it's the most important place, is the physical pinball game is not the best it's ever been you are, you 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 will not find magic under the playfield in these games there is just it's just not there and and that is if i had to summarize what my entire fucking podcast is about and what i'm fighting for right the purpose of this podcast is to get that back that is why this podcast exists i will not shut up until we get that back The only reason people listen to this show is because they fucking agree with that. Even though they buy these new games, that's what they want. That's what they crave. When the Stern designers who I know listen to this show, that's what they want to give you. But they can't give you too much or they, they, they couldn't make money apparently. But that's what Jack's aiming for but he can't get a fucking pirate cannon to shoot you can't even fucking see the cannon. Where the fuck is the cannon, Jack? Jesus fucking Christ. I, like, I hate to get this unraveled. How do you make a pirate game and you can't see the fucking cannon? I I, I, I literally want to drive over there and strangle them today. Make magic and I'll buy it. The reason why people buy Batman and Beatles and the, Stern knows one very simple thing. The themes that are magical will get you to buy. It, it's that simple. Nobody wants fucking Pirates of the Caribbean theme. You know you don't want it ice. You don't want it Levy. Nobody wants it. Nobody likes these movies. You you with all the great movies in the world, would you ever turn on the last four Pirates of the Caribbean movies? You won't watch them. But when Adam West Batman is on, it's fun. It's, 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 you know, there's nothing about it that annoys you. Like, how, like, it's so simple. Let's not pick a theme where the majority of the content annoys our buyers. Thank you, Jack. Smart business decision. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now seven in the morning in New York City. I hope you enjoyed this. I'm not drunk. I might be a little bit like some still in me. I had a bunch of Manhattans last night. Um, I love all of you. I love all of the pinball podcasts that are out there. I love all the pinball companies trying to be successful in the pinball world. But what I don't love, I don't love, I got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. When people personally attack me and then are too chicken shit to come on the show, what kind of man are you? Like literally, and I'm saying, you know who you are. I'm not even going to call people out. You want to you wanna say negative things about me and at any moment you can come on the show. You know you know who I respect? I think I think his name was it's like video jock on, on, on Pinside. I respect that man more than anybody because he had an issue with me. He came on the show, he explained what his issue was, we talked it out, and I respect that. I, I, I think he's being a man. You know, I think when you, when you want to personally insult people and make fun of them and drag them down and then avoid, you know, and then like cowardly not want to even appear on the show, that's fine. That, but that's on you, right? That's on you. I'll say this. If anyone ever invited me on their pinball podcast or this, I would go on. I, I, I don't care. Like I'll talk to anybody. Like it, we're just people. We're just people. But if you want to say really hurtful like, things about me, and, and look, yeah, like it, does, it does affect me. You know, and I go through an, an emotional state where I'm mean, like, fuck it, maybe I'll just like, cancel the show and say, hey, fuck it, I'm done. Unless I win the Twippy Award, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to do that. You know why I'm not going to do that? because, and, and this might sound like the most arrogant thing I've ever said but I literally don't want to go away because I don't want you to have to suffer listening to pinball podcasts that aren't this one. I don't, I, I, and I'm not saying that's because the other ones are bad, I'm not, but if you remove Canada's Pinball Podcasts from the world, you'll be in, you who listen to this show, you, you, you'll regret it that it's gone. You, you, you literally, you, you, you won't want to go a week, a month, a, imagine a year, in which this show doesn't exist. Like where are you going to go to. To hear this kind of commentary on pinball. And here we are. 47 fucking minutes in. I haven't interviewed anyone. I haven't brought on a guest. I haven't done anything else. Other than just be me. All right. Just be me. And that's who I am. And, and I'm glad some of you like it. I'm glad some of you don't. It's, uh, uh, but that's life right. You, you are allowed to make a decision. I hope to God. The most, the thing that, if I have one thing that I hope happens, I hope that Ryan C over at head to head pinball will be my friend again. He stopped talking to me just out of the blue. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I cherished our friendship. I love talking to him every day. And all of a sudden in that pinball thread, he just slams me, throws this show under the bus. I had dinner with him. He came to New York. I took him to, it was lunch, it was a nice lunch. Brenda and I went out with Ryan C. We went to Wolfgang's Steakhouse in New York City on 32nd and Park Avenue. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I treated Ryan to a really nice lunch. It's, a, it's an amazing steakhouse. It's the old subway station of Mr. Vanderbilt. He had a personal subway station. And, and every day I would talk to Ryan and we, 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 we just we were friends. And now he's done. He's done with me. He's done with the show. And, and I don't get it. Ryan, if you're listening, and I hope you are, I'm sorry for whatever I did. All right? For all of you out there, it's the holidays. People's emotions are all over the place. It's a stressful time of year. It's weird. It's very stressful. I just want to say this. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your pinball machines. This pinball podcast will always fight to get that magic back all right? That's that's our job. That's our role. I'm not a tournament player, but I can play pinball. I can play pinball better than 99.9% of planet earth, right? Yes. I don't put up 2 trillion on Batman, which is fucking stupid to even do, but I can play pinball. I can talk about this hobby to anybody, but here's the thing. I was at a luncheon with the old guard of Bristol Myers Squib, the guys who ran the company. No one talks about pinball, people. You can't go into 99% of holiday parties or dinners and talk about pinball, but we can. And I'm happy you listen. So have a happy holidays, be healthy, work out, exercise, right? It's okay to read Pinside, but I said for every hour you read, work out. Take care of your health. You know, I don't talk about this a lot, but... You know, there's health issues going on in my family with, with certain people, and it, it it has me bummed out. And I, and, I, and I want everyone I love to be around forever, forever. And it, you're only going to live longer if you take care of yourself. And pinball doesn't make people healthier. Sitting on the internet all day long doesn't make people healthier. And, and, and I genuinely, I, I care more about your health than what pinball decisions you make. So take care of that, all right? The next episode will be uh, CEO Dave talking about Jersey Jack. It's a really good one. And I think where we end up is, 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 is the direction that company needs to take. And I hope they listen to it. They probably won't, but they should. Everybody, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>
0: How to take courage in a world full of people You can lose sight of the in the darkness away inside you make you feel so small But I see your true colors Be unhappy. Can't remember when I last saw you laughing. If this world makes you crazy and you take it all you can bear, you call me up because you know I'll be there and i see you.